morning, everyone. It's time to go ahead and get started here. And as you see, I got it, finally got something on the projector, okay? So this is my notes as well, so I got, I'm clear. Uh, and as uh, Tony reminded me last week, you know, uh, he likes seeing my hands go, and, and that's natural for me. So uh, uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> okay, all right, so. James chapter 3. We have, uh, there's so much packed in here that I'm not going to do review today. We're going to dive into it and get started because uh, James chapter 3, uh, uh, for the most part, except for the last few verses, we're going to be looking at today has a very, very important message for us that uh, is just as important today as it was then when it was written because it's something that, that we face every day. So let's get into the scripture first. And uh, so James chapter 3, you can read along with me in your Bible uh, or from the screen here. Do not become teachers in large numbers, my brothers, since you know that we who are teachers will incur a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to rein in the whole body as well. Oops. Now, if we put the bits into the horse's mouths so that they will obey us, we direct their whole body as well. Look at the ships, too. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are nevertheless directed by a very small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot determines. So James, just like some of the other authors, really likes to put pictures in there for us to understand what's going on, to to show his point. Um, I know for me especially, a visual is the most important. You can talk to me all day long, but if you'll talk to me and then give me a visual or note, I'll remember it and do it so much better. Um, I I do that for myself at work. I do that for myself at home. My wife also realize, realizes that, that if she'll, she'll tell me all about what she needs or something, but if she'll give me a note afterwards, then I'll keep it. Okay? Um, so, in that picture, he's talking about a boat. So let's just look at a big modern boat. All right? We know that the ones uh, at that time were much smaller, and they were wind-driven because they were sails or oars. Okay, our powered ships today, this is a huge research vehicle. If you look underneath the water there in my little crude circle, you see the rudder. The little tiny rudder in proportion to that ship that steers that entire thing. Now, they've added onto that in modern times, thrusters on the bow and and in the uh, rear and all, but uh, that little tiny rudder is what does the majority of the work. Okay, if you even go out fishing, I mean, we're in Alaska, we all go fishing. You look at the, the little rudders on the ship, the little motors that you turn, and that's what steers the boat. Same thing. So he's setting his, it up here. And what he's saying is, okay, there's a visual for you. Help, my tongue is on fire. Now, I've given this lesson a couple times to the deaf, and so I adapted it for us here because it is so important. The tongue is just such a tiny member of our physical body, and it can do so much damage. Just like, so if, it, if we know today how much damage it 
can do to our relationships, it was doing the same thing thousands of years ago to them, to the very Christians that James was talking about, writing to. So let's go on. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire? And the tongue is a fire, the very world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our body's parts as that which defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. For every species of beasts and birds, of reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But no one among mankind can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. Does a spring send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, bear olives or a vine bear figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh. So how do we use our tongue? Think about that honestly for yourself. Do we always encourage and lift up and compliment and comfort somebody? I mean, that's the best way to use it, isn't it? That's the way we want to use it. That's the way we should use it. But is that really the way we do it? Sometimes we uh, maybe criticize somebody. Even if we're trying to help them, we're, uh, you've heard of that backhanded compliment? Or do we destroy people by what we say, either to them or about them or to other people? Do we insult people with that very same tongue? Or bother people, just annoy them, just maybe to push their buttons? Or do we deny, no, that's not me. Look at what Peter did. He denied with that very small tongue of his. He denied the Lord. Do we not do the same thing sometimes, or have we not done it in our lives? Okay, I would, I would hate to... I'll raise my hand because I know I have. Peer pressure is such a horrible thing, even for a young person, and say, no, no, I, I'm, I, that's not me. Okay, We have to get over all those things. And we got to also admit that we, we do these things. Admit to yourself, of course. You know, that's the first step. Admit to yourself, yeah, I do these things. And the biggest one is even gossip. Uh, that's why I originally wrote this uh, lesson in the past, because I had another one that went with it. Are we a Facebook Christian? How much do you see on Facebook? Okay. I rarely post on there, but I get on, look, scroll through there every now and then because I like to catch up with my relatives and, and friends and all, and that's the way I've connected with them over the years. Um, to see what's going on in their life. Of course, way too much information on there. But then also you scroll through the comments, and it's amazing to see how people can just pick apart something or just want to start a fight, an argument, 
I see it even on on um, forums, on online forums. You know, whether you're whatever hobby you have, there's a forum for it. You know, um, my biggest interest is motorcycles, and so I go on there and just look at people's stuff and 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 all. And it's amazing how one little comment somebody makes, and people start arguing. And for that one little comment, there are just pages after pages after pages of people disagreeing with it. You know, they call it flaming. There's a reason for that, because that's exactly what it is. You're just throwing fire at them. Okay, how many times do we do that in our life? We have to examine ourselves each and every day. You know, this is not something that we have to crush ourselves with, but it's it's a it's an attitude check. Every day when you get up in the morning, you go, okay, I've got another day. This is a new day. Thank you, God, for letting me wake up and breathe and have another day. But how am I going to use it? Am I going to go out and build somebody up? You know, maybe right off the back, I'm, I'm heading for work. Well, I'm not really looking forward to that. You know, and then I'm starting to think about what's going to go on in the office today or, or what jobs I have to do. And, and then I start thinking about the, the people I'm going to interact with. Some of them are not very nice. You know, how am I going to treat them? Am I going to return tit for tat for the insults they throw at me? The barbs, the mockery? That's just everyday life. Okay, that's not even about my Christian life. That's just everyday. They're going to find something to pick apart. Now, what we can do, too, is even in the, in the office, you'll realize that gossip can go around. The rumors get started, you know. Uh, I, I've heard them all. I, I don't participate, but, you know, they are, are loud in the office about their gossip and the rumors and, and everything else. Do we participate in that? I hope not. That's something that we need to stay out of because that's a worldly thing. That is something that's so easy to get sucked into. And, and I got to think that all of us, each and every one, at one point or another, has been sucked into that gossip. That we've heard something that tickled our ears or tantalized us. And, and we just, we had something we needed to add in there because it'd make it better. You know, or, or I'm just going to correct it. And sooner or later, you get your foot stuck in that mud, and it just sucks you right in. So we're going to look at some other verses here that kind of that help support this and gives us a different viewpoint. Peter knew about these things because Peter, if you'll realize, remember, was a fisherman. Just an average blue-collar guy out there working to support his family. And Jesus went by and, and said, follow me. Okay? Peter made mistakes. Peter made big mistakes. And they're even written about. How would you like your mistakes written about? Well, Peter, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. And like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation, if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. That word there, slander, many versions have evil speaking. Okay, if you're, if you're slandering somebody, 
You see it in the news, libel and slander. You've seen it in politics and everything else. But slander is just speaking evil of somebody else. Do it, harmful intent towards somebody else in your speaking. Okay? We see that around us all the time. We're inundated by it on the media. The news, perhaps if you listen to the radio now, or your phone, or you're scrolling through, looking at, at today's news, it's all in there. Somebody's saying something bad about somebody else, and especially in politics. They will exaggerate, build on, and, and as we know, a lot of it's not true. But they put it out there and just say, this person or that person, they're trying to tear their opponent down. Okay? But so many times that comes into our everyday life because we hear it. We hear it all the time. And so we start thinking about us versus them. And as soon as we start thinking about them, then we start thinking about them as enemies, opposites. And how many times do we, do we start then to tear the opposite, the enemy down? We want to we wanna hurt the enemy. And that, I think, is... is I got to say that's our competitive human nature. You know, think of competitive sports. Think of dugout in a baseball game, trash talking out there to each other. You know, hey, better, better, better. You're so weak, you can't do anything. You know, we we learn those things as kids. Okay, I, I was I was there. <laughs> All right. Okay, so Peter knows about this. Remember the. The denial of the tongue. Okay, Peter knows that. Then he goes on in uh, chapter 3 of 1 Peter, verses 8 and 9. To sum up, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, loving, compassionate, and humble, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. For you were called for the very purpose that you would inherit a blessing. So in our walk with Christ, what we should be putting on every day is Christ. When you get up in the morning, you put Christ on. Okay, As you go throughout the day, you are trying to imitate Christ. In every action you have, that, that half second before you say something should be, what would Jesus do? You, you remember that old saying, WWJD, what would Jesus do? That is so relevant even for today. That might be an old advertising term, but we as Christians need to do that all the time. In, in all of our interactions, in all of our behavior, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus have me do? And even in the decisions that we make, the big decisions, let's stop for a second and say, what would Jesus do? What would he have me do? What should I do? Even in our workplace or at home, insult for insult. Now, me and my brother, our, our love language is teasing each other. And, and if you are around us, you might even think that was insults. <laughs> we can really get into each other. But we do it with a laugh. We know that we don't mean it with each other. And we even check in with each other every now and then and say, hey, 
you know that I meant it this way and I, I didn't mean it any other way. Yes, yes, I know, I know. Okay? Me and him like to poke each other. But sometimes we can go out into the world and we can try that same thing. Or we can take those, those little barbs that people are throwing at us all the time at work, even in the grocery store, or even as, as we're walking by somebody, oh, they looked at me wrong. We take so much in and put the wrong reasons to it. And then how do we act? Well, I'm not going to smile or I'm not going to be around that person. And many times it gets to the point where we actually say something. Or maybe it's just that quick anger. Remember previous chapters? We talked about anger and how that can just trigger us sometimes to say things that we don't really mean or shouldn't say. And we know it. We know we shouldn't say that. But we let it slip anyway. Because it's just... It's just so easy. Could you give a blessing instead of an insult? I mean, the South has turned that into an art. (laughs) They will give you a blessing, but it's really that backhanded slap. (laughs) Okay? But can we honestly every day give a blessing in return for an insult or what we even perceive as an insult? When that little barb comes and hits you, Instead of reacting to it, be proactive and say, hey, I hope you have a good day today. You know, say something positive for every negative that you're getting. Throw a positive out there. You remember the challenge I gave you for this past week, right? And you practiced it, right? Do you remember it? Okay, it was to do something positive each and every day for the week. If you're in the grocery store, smile at somebody. Give a compliment to somebody. Say something nice. And the very least you can do is smile. Just smile. Because so many people see our faces, although it's harder with masks now. And I always wonder about that. You know, I try and crinkle up my eyes as much as I can just to show them I'm smiling. All right, silly things we go through. But a smile means so much to everybody. Even just a physical touch, you know. I think so much of you that I want to touch you, your arm, your shoulder. Or I just want to spend some time and listen to you because what you have to say is important. You know, we even need to slow down sometimes and do that because we're always in a rush and a rush and a rush. And I'm that way every day. I realize that. And I have to just guard myself and say, stop for a second. Okay, slow down. You know, I got my own internal checklist. Smile. Try and be positive. Don't say anything bad. You know, these are my checklists every day. So now, we're going back to James chapter 1, verse 26. We've already studied that, but it comes right back to it. If anyone thinks himself to be religious, yet does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart. This person's religion is worthless. If I go out there all day long and I'm just spouting out the negative and the cutting and using my tongue like a a sword and a knife and I'm going to slash my way through the day, but then I come and I'm, I'm Mr. Christian. 
I'm just, you know, yes, I'm a Christian. Yes, I go to church on Sunday. Yes, I, I worship. Yes, I believe in God. But don't mind all that other stuff I've done. He, James puts it very clear. If that's you every day, then that religious, that belief that you have has no value. You might as well just throw it in the dumpster. Because it's not going to hold when you stand before God on Judgment Day. It's worthless. And our religion, our belief, what we are made of, has to be worth something when we get to Judgment Day. We need to have those, those positives instead of the negatives. And we're not perfect, okay? None of us are. In our everyday human life, we're not perfect. We are going to fall. We are going to say things. We're going to hurt people. We're going to sometimes return insult for insult. We know these things. But we have that, that way of, of getting back, back to a reset by repenting and just being sorry for it. Okay? And sometimes it may seem that we're always going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And we can lose that sincerity. But that sincerity is what we need every time. Think of it as a reset. I get to start over with God. I'm so sorry for what I did. I want to be a better person. And then we try. And we have to try. Okay, that's the key. It's our attitude. We try. So James even started out in the first chapter with that picture. A bridle, his tongue. That little tiny bit of metal that goes in the horse's mouth. That, that with that bit and that harness, you can turn this great big animal. You can turn right or left, make him stop, make him go. You can control that animal. Because that animal faces is bigger than we are. So let's start over again. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a force is set aflame by such a small fire. I'm going to stop right there. We've all seen in the past couple of years the forest fires around just our nation, let alone Australia and other places. They all start with just a small flame, usually a campfire. Maybe somebody's cigarette butt that they threw out and, and just let go, and it smoldered until it flamed up. And that little tiny fire grew and grew and grew until now it's, it's national news, and it's, it's damaged so much. Okay, all that, that negative, that damage, destruction, forests are gone. All that smoke in the air, destruction, destruction, destruction. And yet our tongue does exactly the same thing. Tell me, what is more important to you? Your, your relationship or just the things you get in life? Relationships are so important. That is what church family is about. When we're following Christ, we are building a relationship with our family here. Our brothers and sisters. We call them brothers and sisters for a reason. Because they're our family and so many times, this spiritual family is closer to us than our blood family. Because this family here, when we're hurting, they want to come and help. They want to support. 
If we're crying, they want to know about our tears. If we're happy, they want to share in that joy. If we're broke, down on our luck, they want to help. They're there for us. We know that we can ask for help here, and it's actually a safe place. That whatever's going on in my life, that I hope and expect that my family's not going to judge me, but they're going to lift me up. If I make the most terrible mistakes, I want them to, to correct me, yes, but I also want them to wrap their arms around me and say, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. And help me back on my feet and going. So many times I've seen that in my own life. My brothers and sisters helping me and my family. When I need help, all I need to do is say, help. And they were there. Never once did they let me down. All right. And the tongue is a fire, the very world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our body parts as that which defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. He's connecting that what we do with our tongue, the bad things that we do with our tongue, to hell. How bad is that? And that part there, he says, sets on fire the course of our life. How many times have lives been changed because of what was said, because of what was communicated? A whole day can be ruined by just a few words. Even in a marriage, a husband speaking to a wife or a wife to a husband, just a few cross words and that day can just be ruined. You know, you just, then those negative thoughts come in. Whether at work, you're not looking forward to going to work just because of, of what people might say. Okay? The tongue rules so much of our life. And we really need to control it. He's very correct in putting a bridle on it and controlling it. Putting a stopper on it. Verse 7. For every species of beasts and birds, of reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But no one among mankind can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. So right there, James is saying, we're still going to do it. We, we cannot fully tame the tongue. You are going to fail on this because it is such a powerful, powerful part of your body. And we have trouble taming that part. We've tamed giant beasts, horses, elephants. You know, we capture them, we domesticate them. You know, how many times we have seen trained dogs to obey commands and they put so much training into to tame them. And yet our own tongue needs that taming as well. It needs that training. And the only way we're going to do it is to have a guideline through Christ. That's who we have to, to copy, to parallel. But James is saying, that's going to be hard for you. Okay? Because no one can really tame that tongue. It's restless. It's always looking for, for that, that barb to throw out there. And we have to just accept that. 
Acceptance is a huge part of it that we are going to fail. We are not perfect in that aspect. And, you know, again, we have a reset. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who have been made in the likeness of God. You have been made in the likeness of God. Now, it's easy when we come to the building here to worship and to be a church family. It's easy to say, ah, my brothers and sisters, all built in the likeness of God. And then we walk out of the building and we, we see people in the world and, and, and we forget. We forget that they were also made in the likeness of God. Again, it becomes an us and them. And it puts us at odds. And with it, we, we curse people and at the same time blessing God. It should not be that way. Okay? The whole point there is to remove that negative that the tongue spouts so much. You know, people say, you talk to your mama with that mouth? Well, that's, that's straight from here. Okay? How would we talk to our mom? How would we talk to Jesus if he was there? Okay, when we see that homeless person, when we see that person down, down in life, or if we even see somebody that's, that's doing well, if we see our co-worker, how do we talk to them? From the same mouth come both blessing and cursing. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. Does a spring send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Again, a picture there. Now, we don't have that so much. I mean, the nearest picture most of us has, if you turn on the tap water, do you get good water and bad water out at the same time? It might depend on your plumbing, but um, generally, no. We have good water. Okay, I remember as a kid growing up, and we'd go to Grandma's house in Arkansas. We'd go up in the hills there because she had no, no plumbing. And so we would have to go fill up jugs at the spring. And so it was beautiful, this sweet, clear water coming out of the spring year-round. There would be watercress growing in there, and you, you just knew that it was clean just because of, of just the clear water. And, and there was no scum, nothing in there, and we'd fill up the jugs and take them home for drinking and cooking and everything. There was never bad water coming out of that. There was not both. And yet he's saying, we do that with our tongues. Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, bear olives? Or a vine bear figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh. We really, in Christ, we cannot have it both ways. We cannot sit on the fence and be of both worlds. We cannot be in the world and and say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but then participate in what the world is doing. We're in the world because we have to make a living. We have friends and family, and, and we're there. Okay, We're not shutting ourselves off from them, but we are not taking the worldly things and putting them into our life. All those influences that continue every day, and they do not stop. 
whether it's media, whether it's friends gossiping or saying bad things, whether it's whatever you see on the internet scrolling through there, how much of that do we just, our eyes get fixated on that stuff and our ears as well, taking in what's said around us. We cannot be both Christian and of the world. They do not go together. They do not have that balance. You remember last week we talked about balance. At the very end of the lesson, the last verse we read was we talked about balance. You have to have balance in your life. Okay, we talked about our, our faith and our works. And you needed to, they had to be put together and they had to be balanced. It's the same thing in our everyday life. Going out in the world, we have to have that balance as a Christian and as a person that's working and living in the world. We have to have balance. So how should we use our tongue? You know, first thing this morning that hit me is, is two beautiful ladies over here with those wonderful hats. Those are beautiful hats. I love those. Sometimes I'm going to wear, wear mine too, but... Okay, now, I've been wanting to say that this whole lesson. I love those hats. And I look forward to every time they change them out. But it's easy here, isn't it? It's easy to give our brothers and sisters compliments and say, hey, what's going on in your life? And to listen and be positive, you know. And, and, but as soon as we walk out those, those doors... We stop being church, and we start getting into the world. We've, we've checked off Sunday morning, and now, see, i got to go grocery shopping. I'm going to have lunch. Uh, I've got some work to do, and we kind of stop right there at the door. Or maybe it'll extend as far as your car door. Okay, that's a little bit better. But can we not extend it out through the whole day? in the evening, and then tomorrow and the next day? Because how do you wear your Christianity? Is it only on Sunday? Is it by Monday, is it a little bit tarnished? And by Tuesday, we've got more stains on it, you know, just like mustard drippings and all. And by Wednesday, it's just we've been beat up. And maybe we've thrown out a few of those barbs that we didn't want to. And many of us, you know, coming together, we have an opportunity on Wednesday night. That opportunity is, is for what? To recharge ourselves. To remind us of who we are. Okay, that we're Christians. It's that reset time that we need so often. But maybe you, you can't participate in that for some reason. I hope you can, but maybe you can't. So by Thursday, the world has gotten to you even more. And then by Friday, you are frazzled. You've been beat down. You're tired. You just want to be done with work and get away and get home. You're looking forward to the weekend. And, and by that time, it, we have centered it around us. Me, me, me. Okay, because so many times when we get in, when we're hurting, we start thinking inward, me, me, 
pity me, pity poor me. Uh, and as a reminder, we have to get out of ourselves. We have to do things for other people. Because it's not about me, it's really about Christ. And what would Christ have me do? Well, he would have me help other people. He would have me compliment other people. He would have me uplift other people. He would help me make other people comfortable. You know, speaking of comfortable, are you comfortable sitting down right here, right now? Warm, warm building, we got lights, you know, we're surrounded in a safe place. What about those visitors that come in? Have you greeted them? Have you made them comfortable in this family? Have you shown them that we're a family? Or did you maybe say, oh, I don't have time to meet them, or, or, or ah, I don't like the way they're dressed? You know, have you put judgments on them? Oh, I hope not. Make other people comfortable. And it doesn't even apply just to, to coming here to worship. It can apply going out in our lives, at work. Make people comfortable. It's a relationship-building tool. Being positive, complimentary, uplifting, encouraging, all those positive words there. And I, I ask you in, in everything you do, don't just react, but be proactive. Take a step back and think, what positive can I put in this? Now, we've all fallen to that quick tongue. You know, just in, in anger, in frustration, in annoyance, uh, in judgment. And we've even done it with each other. Just, I'll admit that. And it should not be. But we got to carry that not only from here to out to the world being positive. So I'm going to close up this lesson now. I, I realize that we've still got some time. We'll uh, go ahead and start getting ourselves ready. But again, the same challenge to you for this week. Be positive. Be positive. Be positive. Find some way. And if you cannot in any instance be positive then be nothing. Zip those lips. Okay? Better to just throw nothing out in the world than throw something negative out. But I want you to be positive. Not only here in the family, but out in the world in your everyday life. From the moment you walk out the door to the moment you come back in the door. Be positive. Okay, we're going to close out now.